Hi, welcome back to For the Love of Astrophysics. This is your host, Aditya Sundar. Today we'll be talking about how stars are born and nuclear fusion. We discussed the whole life of a star in the last episode, starting with the solar nebula. Well, today we'll be starting there as well, but this time we'll discuss that point in great detail. If you remember back to the last episode, I said that stars are born from the solar nebula. Now let's just stop there for a second. Examine that term, solar nebula. What is it? I said before that it's a cloud of interstellar dust and gas particles. But how does it form? What exactly does it consist of? In most websites and books, it might mention that a solar nebula is made of interstellar dust and hydrogen gas. We know what hydrogen gas is, but what is interstellar dust? Well, interstellar dust or cosmic dust as it is called is mainly comprised of certain elements like silicon, oxygen, iron, carbon, magnesium and actually comes from the death of a star. Remember when we said that some stars die as a white dwarf after going through a planetary nebula? Well, that planetary nebula is comprised of the same elements, the same elements that will eventually group together due to gravity and form a cloud-like shape forming the solar nebula from which another star can be born. As I said in the last episode, the first stage of a star's birth is the protostar stage. Now, how does a protostar form? Well, the solar nebula breaks into smaller, really small clubs of material holding about 0.01 solar masses. So each of these small clubs of material hold about 0.01 solar masses. However, the masses of these clumps build up with time as more and more mass builds up around these clumps through a process known as accretion. Basically, what that means is that the more and more mass join the huge clumps of material as it grows in size and in mass. As time goes by, even the temperature increases as the area over which it's spread decreases, as the clumps are now being forced into a spherical, stellar-like shape. At this point, the star has not yet joined the main sequence, so the burning, the fusion of hydrogen has not yet started. This stage in the star's life lasts for about 10,000 to 100,000 to even about a million years, depending on the size of the protostar. Now, the interesting thing is, once the protostar has reached the mass it needs, once it reaches 0.08 solar masses, it will have reached the temperature needed for fusion of hydrogen, which is actually 10 million degrees Kelvin. And so it starts. The protostar will go on to become a main sequence star. However, for protostars with masses less than this size, less than 0.08 solar masses, they will not have the required temperature for nuclear fusion. And so it will not become a star and instead become a brown dwarf. Brown dwarfs are generally much smaller than our sun, but bigger than Jupiter. Although they do not burn hydrogen, they still do shine, but with a very dim light for millions and millions of years. Now, the thing is, protostars cannot fuse hydrogen until it joins the main sequence. So until then, to keep this huge mass stable, they fuse something else. This something else is known as deuterium, which is just a rarer form of hydrogen. 
you see hydrogen has one proton and one electron but deuterium has a neutron as well deuterium is actually much easier to fuse than actual hydrogen and requires just a temperature of 1 million kelvin which is actually above the temperature of a protostar's core protostars constantly accrete material constantly pull in mass until they have reached the desirable amount to start fusing hydrogen once this stage is reached the main sequence star achieves what is known as equilibrium now a star has many forces acting upon it there is gravity forcing it inwards there are other forces from within the star pushing it outwards as well when these two forces pushing out and pushing in have become equal in magnitude the star is said to have achieved equilibrium and the thing is the star stays in this equilibrium stage only for as much time as its fuel allows it so when the hydrogen runs out it will no longer be in equilibrium which is why it becomes a red giant and so on dies now we basically covered the birth of stars let's move on to the very interesting topic of nuclear fusion nuclear fusion it's the most important process that occurs in a star as it enables the star to survive much like how oxygen being pumped throughout our bodies enables us to survive so what is nuclear fusion let's dissect those two words nuclear now you may have heard this word in reference to an explosion right a nuclear explosion or a nuclear bomb but the term nuclear refers to the nucleus of an atom each atom has a nucleus at its center which is comprised of the atom's protons and neutrons and fusion refers to some sort of collision so nuclear fusion is the collision of nuclei which is the plural of nucleus specifically of hydrogen so what actually happens in a star is basically hydrogen nuclei collide with each other in various different patterns and ways and branches to eventually form helium nuclei and release a tremendous amount of energy the interesting thing is that a hydrogen nucleus is just a proton with no neutrons while a helium nucleus has two protons and two neutrons as well so colliding two hydrogen nuclei is not enough we need two neutrons after that as well but if all the hydrogen nuclei have only protons in them how do we get a neutron well what actually happens is somewhere along the collisions a proton actually gets transformed into a neutron and this happens twice so there are a total of two neutrons we'll talk more about how this can happen in future episodes dealing with quantum physics but for nuclear fusion all you need to know is that after a few collisions of hydrogen nuclei a helium nucleus is formed along with a tremendous amount of energy the same energy that is used to fuel the star once all the hydrogen has been converted into helium the star is no longer part of the main sequence so it moves on to the next stage in its life which is the red giant phase as i said in the last episode the main sequence star could go on to be a red giant or a red supergiant based on its size but either way nuclear fusion continues but in a different manner hydrogen is no longer present and the only nuclei left are that of helium so what actually happens now is the helium nuclei start to fuse together to form another element that is beryllium 8 and then eventually carbon 12 before the only elements in the star were helium and hydrogen but now there are much heavier elements like carbon beryllium and even oxygen 
This is when the inert core of the star is overloaded with the mass of carbon and oxygen and other heavy elements. When the giant star collapses due to gravity or even goes supernova. Now in this episode, we've covered nuclear fusion and the general process of how a star is born. In the very next episode, we'll be talking about stellar evolution and the death of a star. See you next time on For the Love of Astrophysics.